This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious. A smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LagarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron and with me as almost always is Dave. Dave, how are you? Almost always. Almost That's always. Right. That's right. It's it's cold time. Dave's already uh, cocaine snorting. <laughs> Nature is just getting weirder and weirder now it's that true. the cold season has happened. So. It's true. It's true. So I'm sorry if you hear me kind of pausing. I'm like... At least doing... you're trying to move away from the microphone and I do appreciate that. It is. It's a you, would you like to? <laughs> First of all, don't, don't, uh, yeah, don't don't look at me that way when you say next paper rub <laughs> and don't pause on rub next time. <laughs> all right, that's, that's and so uh, so listeners, you heard a, heard a new voice on the show here, filling in for our um, on deadline co-host um, is our our friend and coworker Todd Atkins. Todd, you ho- you are the king of promos. You have uh, <laughs> you have to- you have taught Barnabas everything he knows Pretty about much. that, right? Uh, right? About multiple things. Yes, sports, everything. Uh, promoing sports, books. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All, all of right. it. Parenting. Okay. Parenting. Church leadership. Mm, I'm not responsible for. Oh, okay. For Barnabas. Okay. All right, there you go. Sorry. Not there responsible go. for. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever's yeah. happened with them whatever's since. happening. Okay. Yeah. 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 Whatever's that's happened, right. Happens. That's right. Yeah. And uh, you yeah. are one of the hosts of a podcast um, called Five Leadership Questions. As yeah. Well, um, you are in charge of Lifeway leadership here at Lifeway. How about you uh, uh, walk us through what all that means? Okay. Uh, there's actually a, a Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You've got um, J.D. Greer in that, as mm-hmm. well as uh, there's New Churches Podcast, which is Stetzer, Daniel M., and myself. Mm-hmm. 5LQ, which you mentioned, is um, hosted by me and usually co-hosted by another person. Uh, and now that's on rotation. So, yeah. Send in your applications. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, and then underneath the 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 umbrella of Lifeway Leadership, you'll have Ministry Grid, which is an online learning management system, uh, Leadership Pipeline, which is basically a philosophy and framework of developing people at your church. Uh, we do. That's what I spend a lot of time doing um, is going out and. Really consulting with denominations and um, larger churches mostly to do that. And then we'll gather groups of churches together and walk them through as well just to help them systematically walk through leadership development. Leadership development is poetry and plumbing. It's vision that inspires, but it's actually the systems and processes, Dave, that deliver on the dream. Thank Mm. you. Poetry and plumbing. Poetry and plumbing. I never heard Mm. of it that way. Yeah. I like pastors know it's poetry and plumbing. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, like most that. of us are good at the poetry part, and yeah. we're not good at the plumbing part, which is where well, you need a guy true. like me who yeah. uh, I was an XP. You're the constructs guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like, let it. me come in and, yeah. and help you yeah. get this right. figured out. There okay. we go. There we go. Yeah, I like we really that. nerded out in church leadership all right there. Uh, you know, we it's can okay. nerd out further. Yeah, I know. New churches as uh, our church planting arm, yeah. so we host CPLF, which represents yeah. 76% of all church planting done in North America. Yeah. Um, Multi-site is under that arm as well. Mm-hmm. It's um, we're we're really very focused on uh, people development. Yeah, if you want to grow your church, you got to grow your people. Yeah, um, yeah. If you want to revitalize your church, guys, right. you got to revitalize your people. All right. Yeah. If you have day, one comes back book to. to recommend that is the best on leadership, what's it going to be? If like with all these conversations in the with church? churches in just in general. I'm going right at it because I want to. Yeah. I want to start there, and then we're going to dig. All right, more. yeah. Um, well, because so, uh, the book that I have personally taken over 200 people through would be Oswald Sanders' uh, Spiritual Leadership. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not uh, a thick book. 
Um, but if you actually uh, look at the scripture references, it becomes, you it's know, very in depth. Yeah, yeah, yes. I get that. Divine mm-hmm. conspiracy, just like that. Yeah, it becomes thick really quick. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned Oswald Oswald Sanders and uh, spiritual leadership because I have a confession to make. No, I have so um, I in. Uh, a period where I was reading a lot of leadership books um, uh, in the last couple of years, there was one that I was reading and I just, and it just drove me right up the wall. It was, it just irritated me so much. And for some reason I got, for some reason, Sanders book got put in place in my, in my head as that book. And then I realized San, spiritual leadership is actually the book I enjoy. It's the master's plan of evangelism that I don't. Really? Really. Okay. I've yeah. read it, so I don't know. Blasphemy, yeah. I'm out. All right. Wow. Sorry. Really? It's just like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. It's it, it it just did not it did not connect with right. me the way that it connects with other people. Um, so at all. So since I mean certainly that is spiritual leadership. Um the books that we traditionally make fun of the ones that kind of get it more into business leadership yes. and and again, I don't hate all of them. Well, it, we just we don't hate every bit of them. It's just more no, those. Uh, do you not like them from a uh, church perspective or a leadership perspective? Do you think they're there's multiple um, perspectives? There? Yeah, it depends what book it is. So I mean, so we could start with like good to great. Um, okay. Anything Jim Collins writes. I mean, the reality you is really you get you get angry, Dave. I get angry. Um, I do. Yeah. I know he's brilliant. I'm not. I'm yeah. not going to like. Is it bitterness? Do, I think you know what bothers me is that it's like any book, like like you know, they feel like it's survival. Like spiritual leadership, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about. That tells right. me something. Whereas something like Good to Great, now I did read Built to Last is one that was before then, and it is all the same companies, most of them that have failed at this point. Yes. Okay. So it's this presentation of I know everything, you don't, and I have all this data to back it up, but all the data was wrong. Um, mm. and they've never really apologized about it. They've come out with books to, to explain more how it happened, but at the end of the day, the philosophy was failed. I think that, it, that, that, that's my problem with it. Now, the basic idea of hedgehog concept, all that, like, I don't mm-hmm. dislike it. Yeah. I think it's great. I have a hedgehog. Here's the irony. I have one of the, a little hedgehog that was given as a gift when people read the book mm-hmm. and it sits in my office. And nice. that idea is, is good, but um. Yeah, I mean, you know, these are guys who go around making a living, you know, and and companies buy these things in bulk and force their employees to read. And I don't know. I think what happens is, you know, we also are in an area where, man, we're constantly reading these books, these types of books, forced to read them in some cases, some encouraged <laughs> to read. I'm, I'm being honest, like, because right. I think because I do like some of them. So it then becomes of like, well, are we just reading the next best thing or is like what that's why like spiritual leadership stands out because yes we can go back years and it having a tremendous effect on church leadership totally and it does mm-hmm. today too that tells me something yeah one of those tried yeah. and true books um without tooting your horn every five seconds so. okay so i would say um yeah. if Proving i'm on here i i know uh aaron is more of a theologue Maybe then then you might be Dave, but maybe, <laughs> that, that maybe was, not. That was a really kind way of saying, yeah. Dave, you're more of the what we call an idiot type. All right, in the church, theologian friends will say back to the sources, and I would say mm-hmm. back to the sources as well. So mm-hmm. part of your issue with leadership books is that you're like, oh, they're all the same. It's the same stuff over and over and over. I love how he's you're turning right. this on yeah. me. You're yeah. right, <laughs> and I could say the same thing about most theological works as well because mm-hmm, sure. those all come from somewhere and so if you look at anything written on organizational culture is edgar Schein. he's uh three days older than moses now uh he's still alive and kicking but uh a lot of it goes organizational culture organizational leadership um just just look at edgar Schein's book and you'll see oh all these people have ripped off this guy right um how many times has Michael Porter been rewritten? Uh, how many times has John Maxwell written the same book? I mean, you know, so that's he, he well. How many books does he? Books okay, well, so. how many how many times has his ghostwriter rewritten yeah. those same books? So, um, but 
Yet, I would say, if you don't read a ton of leadership books, then you haven't read the saturation point to know anyway. And what leadership is supposed to do is provide clarity and move people forward. So if the BHAG concept helps your team to get clarity and move forward, then guess what? Good to great was a a good book, and it's going to help you be better in your business and ministry. So all of it comes down for me uh, from a leadership perspective. I'm just looking – part of what my job is as a leader is to learn in front of people and to take that – to take everything and create a summary out of it almost and say, how can I make this – um, palatable. How can I make it memorable? How can I make it stick? So right. you guys around the campfire here will, you know, throw rocks at me occasionally for <laughs> saying things in tweetable uh, quotes. And what I'll say is, <laughs> hey, look, here's the deal. I can take whatever just happened in that meeting and distill. How do I distill yeah. that and boil that down to um, not only share it with somebody that might be helpful to share it with, but also hold myself accountable yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, and the only way I can do that is to distill it down into either mm-hmm. a visual concept. I love visual concepts mm-hmm. or um, in, into a, a phrase that might yeah. be like poetry and plumbing. But yeah. by the way, you explained that really well. And, you yes. know, to translate into the like broader uh, pastoral book world or uh, just Christian living. Yeah. People have written tons of books on prayer, tons of books on, fill in the blank, whatever topic mm-hmm. that may be, uh, grace, you know, love, forgiveness, you know, there's there's nothing new under the sun in that way. But you know, like there's a book that just connects with a certain group of people more than another. I love that. I think it's great. That's yeah. why I have no problem with uh, that cycle of publishing that happens. And in, I presume in the leadership world too, because I know if if there are there's a leadership book that works for you, awesome, that's great. It may not work for someone else. Right. And thus what... So I guess the next question is, what other ones are like ones that you love and are constantly recommending in all of those contexts? So church leadership and and then broader leadership in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I'm going to shift over to secular books real quick. Yeah. Uh, in seminary, I would take the church handbook of administration back into my professor, uh, who we all know and love, Brad Wagner. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I would say, hey, man. Uh, can I read these books instead of church handbook of administration and contextualize that to the church? So one of those books in particular that was particularly forming for me was Leadership Engine by Noel Tichy. So Mm -hmm. Noel Tichy is actually responsible as much for GE and the leadership school that it became um, than Jack Welch because he actually ran the leadership school, created the leadership school. Uh, there, so he had a concept of uh, a teachable point of view. So a teachable point of view was everybody in your organization. Every organization is now a knowledge-based inform- uh, organization, information organization, yeah. um, so that everybody needs to be both a learner and a teacher. And it's a virtuous cycle of learning and teaching that moves you forward. That sounds a lot to me like church. Mm-hmm. That sounds a lot to me like disciples making disciples making disciples. That sounds to me a lot like, hey, the fruit of a staff person is not a volunteer. The fruit of a volunteer is another volunteer. The fruit of a leader is another leader. Mm-hmm. Unless you democratize that mm-hmm. development to everyone, development is for the people, by the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me an amen here. It, yeah. That is no, what's yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I can very quickly take a business concept that says, oh, the most effective organizations do not create systems that uh, where people are afraid that they're going to have they're going to lose their job because they developed a guy under them better than them. They're not going to say, oh, this new graphics kid from Full Sail can run circles around me and produce more and produce better content. They don't know our customer. They don't know our organizational history. They don't know any of that. So that mm-hmm. that is going to quickly put you in a place that's uh, uh, bad for your organization and bad for you personally. And so that book, as an example, and just that one concept from that book is really important. Yeah. So Leadership Engine cool. would no. be one of those. There Anything about Porter, Pink. Yep. Um, 
you know, mm-hmm. in recent days, uh, I do like, you know, Cynic. I do like some of those guys who are, are, are who are cranking out books. You do mm-hmm. have to sift those a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, or but, at least read the forward or at least read the introduction. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my that's been my general beef with at least modern leadership books is that the entire book is summed up in in the introduction and you get all the you get all the the basic points of it right and to me that's a frustration because when i get a book that's 200 pages i want there to actually be at least 150 pages worth of content right so leadership is not theory uh and part of the problem is that you have so many uh, leadership books that are postulating a theory, mm-hmm. but not actually, you know, moving you forward. It yeah. is poetry without the plumbing. If right. you're going to do leadership, you got to provide both. And I'll tell you this: the the plumbing part is worth more, way more mm-hmm. than the poetry part. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right. So, who are you? Some of your favorite authors on leadership? A little bit different, and that could be just have you learned most from leadership on. So, we we talked in Five OQ about from a history perspective, but like, what are the ones that you kind of get pieces of of leadership? Um. Again, Porter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, Coos is a positive, of course, but um, not quite as much. I, I would say. Edgar Schein is one of my biggest go-to guys. So these are – Edgar Schein would be an example of uh, an academic book. Mm -hmm. Um, Similar in the Christian space, you have like an Aubrey Malfers who does turn out books, but those books are super dense. And there are people that make a living off of taking uh, those concepts and making palatable to people. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what happens oftentimes. You can look at an Edgar Schein book and you can see, oh – Somebody took this very academic book mm-hmm. and made it, took a couple of concepts from it and made it palatable, made it um, approachable, right. implementable um, for normal right. people. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, intellectually, we might look at it and say, oh, well, these people should be able to feed themselves. I just need to give them this much. They should know what to do with this and how to do it. Sure. But that's not what happens. Yeah. And that's the same thing, by the way, that we as pastors uh, are guilty of yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Love, mm. it. Love it. What about uh, different genres where you learn from history? So we've talked about, I'll start, uh, Lansing's book on uh, Shackleton, Endurance, uh, starting yes. point. Because I know we, we share a love for that. Have you read it? No. I know Barnabas has, but no. I can't remember if you did. But yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah. You know, you use the word story there, and story is yeah. so important to understand um, culture and competency. Mm-hmm. So we can create a great vision statement and great values, yeah. but those are meaningless unless we have contextual story to go along with those to say, "Hey, this is what this really is and what it looks like in our culture." Because if I use a word like, let's use some hot button. You know, gospel, missional, whatever. <laughs> what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. What does it mean in our culture? Because it's been used in so many different ways. Right. Um, so if you have a, a value that is people matter to God and us, well, and then you add the scripture to it. Okay, well, yes, it's about uh, leaving the one and uh, leaving the 99 and going after the one. Uh, awesome. Well, what does that look like in our church? Let's tell a story with mm-hmm. real names and real people. It could be from our past or our present. Mm-hmm. We need to have those on hand, and they need to be repeated uh, two or three times more than we think they do. Right. Uh, we also need to have those contextualized in individual ministry areas. So if I'm looking at you know a children's ministry or student ministry or whatever ministry in a church, uh, those need to be contextualized to that ministry. Not only do mm-hmm. I need to have that at our church level, but I need to have it at that ministry level and say, what does this value yeah. really look like in order to create uh, culture and in order to make sure that we all understand each other and are on the same page. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a story like Shackleton, I can say, what does fortitude look like? Right. Yeah. Here it is. When I say fortitude, this is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's an important, mm-hmm. you know, element for me and to be the able story to draw. Is your illustration on totally. That. So yeah. I could sit down with a leader and say, "Hey, we're going to read two books. Yeah. We're going to read Endurance, and we're going to read Oswald Sanders." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That would be yeah an incredible 
incredible Logos. every other yeah. week. And they wouldn't uh, meet ex- up. They wouldn't expect it because they're they expecting. They wouldn't expect that. that at all. And I, we would yeah. be able to have a conversation out of it, especially if we are intentional with that conversation. Most of us are a product of people and conversations that happened organically. And that's why a lot of us will go, oh, it has to be organic. It doesn't have to be organic. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. I just need a good and godly person to walk through some type of framework to move me from. What are the general implications here? What's my personal implication? How can I apply this to my life? Whether it's fortitude or people matter to God in us. Sorry if I'm talking too much. No, 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 no. No, this is exactly it. I think you're getting into a point where I feel like leadership books aren't enough unless you contextualize that until you bring another uh, right. story into it. So at, I, the hate, I, I, at the same time, I hate all the, uh, I hate the, in Lencioni's books, I hate all the narrative. Oh, I mean, all right. So, so the whole like Fred factor, all well, the those whole, uh, like, like leadership like, parable kind of stuff. Yeah, those are, are, ones are, are they're, they're hokey, well, but man, they sell. I tell you they this, do, sell. they sell. They do sell, but I mean, I mean, they're, I'm okay with Lencioni just in general. I, I think his. I love Lencioni. Like I mean his his big his big ideas and the practical outworkings. Those are the like um, using politics um, silos and turf wars. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Five dysfunctions of a team. Yeah. yeah. Ideal the ideal team, team player. player is a great one. Um, yes. I mean, but I mean, yeah. His Fire. his parables are cheesy as In all Fuego. get out. Because he's not a because he or his ghostwriters is not a good writer and not a good storyteller, and that's okay at least in that format. Um, he's a he's a fine storyteller like from a stage, and uh, I mean when I think about leadership books, I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of easy shots that can be taken taken at them, and you know we're all about taking easy shots when we can, but um, but yeah. I think that there's something that is, but I think that. The best ones, the ones that I've enjoyed the most have been ones that the stories are honest. They're true. Um, they don't feel like it's, well, we tacked in an illustration just because we should have an illustration here. Um, and that's one of the problems that we see in uh, a lot of Christian books too is it's just here's a here's a story to kick us off that doesn't really – that's just there just because as opposed to this – no, this is actually helping us get into this point and actually serves – the big idea. Sure. Um, and so, I mean, despite the cheesiness of the writing in Lencioni stuff, I mean, at least it does serve the point generally. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, no, I, and again, um, there are a handful of literature yeah. books uh, on their own that I do love. Um, yeah. and I am harsh on them to be fun. Um, but also, <laughs> um, part of it's because it's in the way it's presented. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think like Todd, like what you were sharing with us is compelling because you have now connected the dots. Yeah. And when a pastor or a leadership team's in front of you, and you can walk them through the concept of a book in relation to what they're going through as a church, um, it's fascinating. It's th- waxing unless you do anything with it, whether it's a absolutely. theology book or and, and, uh, a or, or some practical book. Unless right. you do something, unless mm-hmm. it changes something. Right, you've yeah only so, entertained yourself. Right. Yeah, maybe uh, otherwise you've wasted your time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a handful of marketing books that we love. There's yeah. a million that we don't. Yeah, and part of it's because it's generally the ones that I've loved the most happen to be like here are the areas we're struggling in, and this is how we need help. Right. at mm-hmm. that time. So I also know like sometimes like that's ah, a good book, but it's just not right for where our team is right, right. now. What we need is this someone to walk us right. through, which. Essence, that's also leadership. Yeah, you're trying yeah. to. So I don't hate, you know, I don't hate them in that sense. I think, um, no. but um, formulaic leadership books do bother me absolutely. Yeah. But then again, that's a lot of genres. You know, you can blame formulaic books in general. In general, are yeah. So a little, that's are a little tough. No, but they're not tough. written for you. True. Mm. So not all of them are. Yeah, they're not mm. written for you. Give I mean, me an example. Of one. They're not written for me either. They're no. they're written for um, in okay. So I got to be really careful here because no. I would say, um, I would say I am self aware enough to know that I will have a natural tendency to be more critical mm-hmm. in a society that's already cynical and negative and 
I'm known for what I'm not, or mm-hmm. I'm, you know, just looking to be offended. Uh, being offended is not a spiritual gift, by the way. Yeah. Um, and some people exercise it with amazing tenacity. gusto. Yeah. Uh, okay. So all that to say, um, most books are read- written for people who don't read books, mm. which sounds really weird, but yeah, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's a helpful point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so it's, yeah. written for, it's written for pers- somebody that's not going to really probably read the whole thing, or um, if they do, it's going to take them two months. Even though I do, I do love the guy, but it's all in context. Be like Seth Godin, like, yeah. you know, he's, you know, he's taking his, his small talks and his, blog posts and, and puts them together in books and mm-hmm. I still enjoy them. I still love right. the stories and I still am challenged by them, you know, but it's not a, yeah, there, there's no like linear narrative no. to so, it, I suppose. Bang. I will find You're listening to The Table of Malcontents where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious. A smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LigarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron and with me as almost always is Dave. Dave, how are you? Almost always. Almost That's always. Right. That's right. It's it's cold time. Dave's already uh, cocaine snorting. <laughs> Nature is just getting weirder and weirder now it's that true. the cold season has happened. So. It's true. It's true. So I'm sorry if you hear me kind of pausing. I'm like... At least doing... you're trying to move away from the microphone and I do appreciate that. It's a mixed vapor rub. Would you like to? <laughs> First of all, I'm not don't, offering to... Uh, yeah, don't <laughs> don't look at me that way when you say mixed paper rub <laughs> and don't pause on rub next time. <laughs> all right, that, that's and so uh, so listeners, you heard a heard a new voice on the show here, filling in for our um, on deadline co-host um, is our our friend and coworker Todd Atkins. Todd, you ho- you are the king of promos. You have uh, <laughs> you have to- you have taught Barnabas everything he knows Pretty about much. that, right? Uh, right? About multiple things. Yes, sports, uh, promoing J- sports, books. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All, all right. of it. Parenting. Okay. Parenting. Church leadership. Mm, I'm not responsible for. Oh, okay. For Barnabas. Okay. All right, there you go. Sorry. Not there responsible for. <laughs> 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 whatever whatever's yeah. happened with them whatever's since. happening okay yeah, yeah. Whatever's that's happened, right happens. that's right yeah. and uh you Good. are one of the hosts of a podcast um called five leadership questions yeah well um you are in charge of lifeway leadership here at lifeway how about you uh, uh walk us through what all that means okay uh there's actually a, a lifeway leadership podcast network you've got um J.D. Greer in that, as mm-hmm. well as uh, there's New Churches Podcast, which is Stetzer, Daniel M., and myself. Mm-hmm. 5LQ, which you mentioned, is um, hosted by me and usually co-hosted by another person. Uh, and now that's on rotation. So yeah. send in your applications. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah. And then underneath the, the, the umbrella of LifeWay Leadership, you'll have Ministry Grid, which is an online learning management system, uh, Leadership Pipeline, which is basically a philosophy and framework of developing people at your church. Uh, we do That's what I spend a lot of time doing, um, is going out and really consulting with denominations and um, larger churches mostly to do that. And then we'll gather groups of churches together and walk them through as well, just to help them systematically walk through leadership development. Leadership development is poetry and plumbing. It's vision that inspires, but it's actually the systems and processes, Dave, that deliver on the dream. Thank mm. you. Poetry and plumbing. Poetry and I'd plumbing. i never man. heard mm. of it that way. Yeah. I like pastors that. know yeah, it's poetry was, and plumbing. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, like most that. of us are good at the poetry part, and yeah. we're not good at the plumbing part, which is where well, you need a guy like true. me who yeah. uh, I was an XP. You're the constructs guy. Yeah. 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 Like, let me come in and, yeah. and help you yeah. get this right. figured out. There okay. we go. There we go. Yeah, I like we really that. nerded out in church leadership all right there. 
Uh, you know, we it's can okay. move it out further. Yeah, I know. New churches as uh, our church planting arm. Yeah. So we host CPLF, which represents seventy six percent of all church planting done in North America. Yeah, um, multi site is under that arm as well. Mm-hmm. It's um, we're we're really very focused on uh, people development. Yeah, if you yeah. want to grow your church, you got to grow your people. Yeah, um, yeah. If you want to revitalize your church, guys, right. you got to revitalize your people. All right. Yeah. If you have day, one back book to. to recommend that is the best on leadership, what's it going to be? If like with all these conversations in the with church? churches and just in general, I'm going right at it because I want to yeah. start there and then we're going to dig all in right. more. Yeah. Um, well, because so, uh, the book that I have personally taken over 200 people through would be Oswald Sanders' uh, Spiritual Leadership. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, a thick book um, but if you actually uh, look at the scripture references it becomes you it's know it's very in depth yeah, yeah yes. I get that divine yeah. conspiracy just like that yeah it becomes thick really quick yeah you know I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned Oswald's, Oswald Sanders and uh, spiritual leadership because I have a confession to make no I have so um, I in uh, a period where I was reading a lot of leadership books um, uh, in the last couple of years, there was one that I was reading, and I just and it just drove me right up the wall. It was it just irritated me so much, and for some reason, I got for some reason Sanders' book got put in place in my in my head as that book, and then I realized San, uh, spiritual leadership is actually the book I enjoy. It's the master's plan of evangelism that I don't. Really? Really? Okay. I mean, yeah. so I don't know. Blasphemy, yeah. I'm out. All right. Wow. Really? Sorry. It's just like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. It's it, it it just did not it did not connect with right. me the way that it connects with other people. Um, so at all. So since I mean certainly that is spiritual leadership. Um the books that we traditionally make fun of are the ones that kind of get it more into business leadership yes. and and again, I don't hate all of them. Well, it, we just we don't hate every bit of them. It's just more no, of those. Do you not like them from a uh, church perspective or a leadership perspective? Do you think they're there's multiple um, perspectives? There? Yeah, it depends what book it is. So I mean, so we could start with like good to great. Um, okay. Anything Jim Collins writes. I mean, the reality you is really you get you get angry, Dave. I get angry. Um, I do. Yeah. I know he's brilliant. I'm not. I'm yeah. not going to. Is like it bitterness? Do, I think you know what bothers me is that it's like any book, like like you know, they feel like it's their like spiritual leadership. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about that. Tells right. me something. Whereas something like Good to Great. Now I did read Built to Last is one that was before then, and it is all the same companies. Most of them that have failed at this point. Yes. Okay. So it's this presentation of I know everything you don't, and I have all this data to back it up, but all the data was wrong. Mm. Um, and they've never really apologized about it. They've come out with books to to explain more how it happened, but at the end of the day, the philosophy was failed. I think that that, that that's my problem with it. Now, the basic idea of hedgehog concept, all that, like I don't mm-hmm. dislike it. Yeah. I think it's great. I have a hedgehog. Here's the irony: I have one of the a little hedgehog that was given as a gift when people read the book, mm-hmm. and it sits in my office. And nice. that idea is is good, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, these are guys who go around making a living, you know, and, and companies buy these things in bulk and force their employees to read. And I don't know. I think what happens is, you know, we also are in an area where, man, we're constantly reading these books, these types of books, forced to read them in some cases, some encouraged <laughs> to read. I'm, I'm being honest, like, cause right. I think, cause I do like some of them. So it then becomes of like, well, are we just reading the next best thing or is like what that's why like spiritual leadership stands out because yes we can go back years and it having a tremendous effect on church leadership totally and it does mm-hmm. today too that tells me something yeah what are those tried yeah. and true books um without tooting your horn every five seconds so. okay so i would say um yeah. if Prove i'm on here i i know uh aaron is more of a theologue Maybe then then you might be Dave, but maybe, <laughs> that, that maybe was, not. That was a really kind way of saying. Yeah, 
Dave, you're more of the what we call an idiot type. All right? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no, no. In, in the church, you're more more theologian friends will say back to the sources, and I would say mm-hmm. back to the sources as well. So mm-hmm. part of your issue with leadership books is that you're like, oh, they're all the same. It's the same stuff over and over and over. I love how he's you're turning right. this on yeah, me. You're yeah. right. <laughs> and I could say the same thing about most theological works as well because Mm -hmm, those all come from somewhere and so if you look at anything written on organizational culture is edgar shine he's uh three days older than moses now uh he's still alive and kicking but uh a lot of it goes organizational culture organizational leadership um just just look at edgar shine's book and you'll see oh all these people have ripped off this guy right um how many times has Michael Porter been rewritten? Uh, how many times has John Maxwell written the same book? I mean, you know, so that's he, he well. How many books does he? Books have, okay, well, so. how many? How many times has his ghostwriter rewritten yeah. those same books? So, um, but yet, I would say, if you don't read a ton of leadership books, then you haven't read the saturation point to know. Uh, anyway, and what leadership is supposed to do is provide clarity and move people forward. So if the BHAG concept helps your team to get clarity and move forward, then guess what? Good to Great was a a good book, and it's going to help you be better in your business and ministry. So all of it comes down for me uh, from a leadership perspective. I'm just looking – Part of what my job is as a leader is to learn in front of people and to take that, to take everything and create a summary out of it almost and say, how can I make this um, palatable? How can I make it memorable? How can I make it stick? So right. you guys around the campfire here will, you know, throw rocks at me occasionally for <laughs> saying things in tweetable uh, quotes. And what I'll say is, <laughs> hey, look, here's the deal. I can take whatever just happened in that meeting and distill. How do I distill yeah. that and boil that down to um, not only share it with somebody that might be helpful to share it with, but also hold myself accountable yeah. to it. Uh, and the only way I can do that is to distill it down into either mm-hmm. a visual concept. I love visual concepts mm-hmm. or um, in, into a, a phrase that might yeah. be like poetry and plumbing. But yeah. by the way, you explained that really well. And, you yes. know, to translate into the, like, broader uh, pastoral book world or uh, just Christian living, yeah, people have written tons of books on prayer, tons of books on fill-in-the-blank, whatever topic mm-hmm. that may be, uh, grace, you know, love, forgiveness, you know, there's there's nothing new under the sun in that way. But, you know, like, there's a book that just connects with a certain group of people more than another. I love that. I think it's great. That's yeah. why I have no problem with uh, that cycle of publishing that happens, and in, I presume in the leadership world too, because I know if if there are there's a leadership book that works for you, awesome. That's great. It may not work for someone else, and right. thus what. So I guess the next question is, what other ones are like ones that you love and are constantly recommending in all of those contexts? So church leadership and and then broader leadership in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I'm going to shift over to secular books real quick uh in seminary i would take the church handbook of administration back into my professor uh who we all know and love brad wagner um Mm -hmm. and i would say hey man uh can i read these books instead of church handbook of administration and contextualize that to the church so one of those books in particular that was particularly forming for me was leadership engine by noel teachy so mm-hmm. Noel Tichy is actually responsible as much for GE and the leadership school that it became um, than Jack Welch because yeah. he actually ran the leadership school, created the that. leadership yeah. school uh, there. So he had a concept of uh, a teachable point of view. So a teachable point of view was everybody in your organization, every organization is now a knowledge-based inform- uh, organization, information organization. Yeah. Um, so that everybody needs to be both a learner and a teacher. And it's a virtuous cycle of learning and teaching that moves you forward. That sounds a lot to me like church. Mm-hmm. That sounds a lot to me like disciples making disciples making disciples. That sounds to me a lot like, hey, the fruit of a staff person is not a volunteer. 
The fruit of a volunteer is another volunteer. The fruit of a leader is another leader. Mm-hmm. Unless you democratize that mm-hmm. development to everyone, development is for the people, by the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me an amen here. It, yeah. That is no, what's yeah, good. Absolutely. And yeah. so I can very quickly take a business concept that says, oh, the most effective organizations do not create systems that uh, where people are afraid that they're going to have they're going to lose their job because they developed a guy under them better than them. They're not going to say, "Oh, this new graphics kid from Full Sail can run circles around me and produce more and produce better content." They don't know our customer. They don't know our organizational history. They don't know any of that. So that mm-hmm. that is going to quickly put you in a place that's uh, uh, bad for your organization and bad for you personally. And so that book as an example and just that one concept from that book is really important. Yeah. So leadership cool. engine would no. be one of those. Anything about mentioned. Porter, Pink. Yep. Um, you know, mm-hmm. in recent days, uh, I do like you know Cynic. I do like some of those guys who are, are, are who are cranking out books. You do mm-hmm. have to sift those a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, or but, at least read the forward, or at least read the introduction. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my. That's been my general beef with at least modern leadership books is that the entire book is summed up in in the introduction and you get all the you get all the the basic points of it. Right. And to me that's a frustration because when I get a book that's 200 pages, I want there to actually be at least 150 pages worth of content. Right. So, leadership is not theory. Uh and part of the problem is that you have so many uh, leadership books that are postulating a theory, mm-hmm. but not actually, you know, moving you forward. It yeah. is poetry without the plumbing. If right. you're going to do leadership, you got to provide both. And I'll tell you this, the, the plumbing part is worth more, way more mm-hmm. than the poetry part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So who are you, some of your favorite authors on leadership? A little bit different. And that could be just have you learned most from leadership on. So we, we talked in 5LQ about from a history perspective, but like what are the ones that you kind of get pieces of, of leadership? Um, again, Porter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, Coos is a positive, of course, but um, not quite as much. I, I would say – Edgar Schein is one of my biggest go-to guys. So these are – Edgar Schein would be an example of uh, an academic book. Mm -hmm. Um, Similar in the Christian space, you'd have like an Aubrey Malfers who does turn out books, but those books are super dense. And there are people that make a living off of taking uh, those concepts and making palatable to people. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what happens oftentimes. You can look at an Edgar Schein book and you can see, oh – Somebody took this very academic book mm-hmm. and made it, took a couple of concepts from it and made it palatable, made it um, approachable, right. implementable um, for normal right. people. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, intellectually, we might look at it and say, oh, well, these people should be able to feed themselves. I just need to give them this much. They should know what to do with this and how to do it. Sure. But that's not what happens. Yeah. And that's the same thing, by the way, that we as pastors uh, are guilty of yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Love, mm. it. Love it. What about uh, different genres where you learn from history? So we've talked about – I'll start uh, – Lansing's book on uh, Shackleton, Endurance, uh, starting yes. point. Because I know we, we share a love for that. Have you read it? No. I know Barnabas has, but no. I can't remember if you did. But yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. I, I think it is. Yeah. You know, you use the word story there, and story is yeah. so important to understand um, culture and competency. Mm-hmm. So we can create a great vision statement and great values, yeah. but those are meaningless unless we have contextual story to go along with those to say, hey, this is what this really is and what it looks like in our culture. Because if I use a word like, let's use some hot button you know, gospel, missional, whatever. <laughs> what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. What does it mean in our culture? Because it's been used in so many different ways. Right. Um, so if you have a, a value that is people matter to God and us, well, and then you add the scripture to it. Okay, well, yes, it's about uh, leaving the one and uh, leaving the 99 and going after the one. Uh, awesome. Well, what does that look like in our church? Let's tell a story with mm-hmm. real names and real people 
It could be from our past or our present. Mm-hmm. We need to have those on hand, and they need to be repeated uh, two or three times more than we think they do. Right. Uh, we also need to have those contextualized in individual ministry areas. So if I'm looking at you know a children's ministry or student ministry or whatever ministry in a church, uh, those need to be contextualized to that ministry. Not only do mm-hmm. I need to have that at our church level, but I need to have it at that ministry level and say, what does this value yeah. really look like in order to create uh, culture and in order to make sure that we all understand each other and are on the same page. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a story like Shackleton, I can say, what does fortitude look like? Right. Yeah. Here it is. When I say fortitude, this is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's an important, mm-hmm. you know, element for me and to be able to draw. And the story is your illustration. On totally. That. So yeah. I could sit down with a leader and say, "Hey, we're going to read two books. Yeah. We're going to read Endurance, and we're going to read Oswald Sanders." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be yeah an incredible, incredible Bodos. every other yeah. week. And they wouldn't uh, meet ex- up. They wouldn't expect it because they're they expecting wouldn't expect that. that at all. And I, we yeah. would be able to have a conversation out of it, especially if we are intentional with that conversation. Most of us are a product of people and conversations that happened organically. And that's why a lot of us will go, oh, it has to be organic. It doesn't have to be organic. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. I just need a good and godly person to walk through some type of framework to move me from. What are the general implications here? What's my personal implication? How can I apply this to my life? Whether it's fortitude or People matter to God and us. Yeah. Sorry if I'm talking no. too much. No, no, that, no, no, no. This, no. This is exactly it. I think you're getting into a point where I feel like leadership books aren't enough unless you contextualize that. Do you bring another right. uh, a story into it? So at, I, the, I, I, at the same time, I hate all the uh, I hate the in Lencioni's books. I hate all the narrative. Oh, those, I mean, all right. I mean, so so the whole <laughs> like Fred Factor, well, all those whole, uh, like, like leadership like, parable kind of stuff. Yeah, those parable like, ones are, are they're they're hokey, well, but. Man, they sell. I tell you, they, this do, is they sell. They do sell, but I mean, I mean, they're. I'm okay with Lencioni just in general. I, I think his. I love Lencioni. Like, I mean, his his big his big ideas and the practical outworkings. Those are the like. Um, using politics, um, silos, and turf wars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Five dysfunctions of a team. Yeah, yeah. Ideal the ideal team, team player. player is a great one. Um, yeah. I mean, but I mean, yeah, his Fire. his parables are cheesy as all get out. Because he's not a because he or his ghostwriters is not a good writer and not a good storyteller, and that's okay. At least in that format, um, he's a he's a fine storyteller, like from a stage. And I mean, when I think about leadership books, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of easy shots that can be taken taken at them, and you know, we're all about taking easy shots when we can. But um, but yeah. I think that there's something that is. But I think that. The best ones, the ones that I've enjoyed the most have been ones that the stories are honest. They're true. Uh, they don't feel like it's, well, we tacked in an illustration just because we should have an illustration here. Um, and that's one of the problems that we see in uh, a lot of Christian books, too, is it's just here's a here's a story to kick us off that doesn't really that's just there just because as opposed to this. No, this is actually helping us get into this point and actually serves the big idea. Sure. Um, and so, I mean, despite the cheesiness of the writing in Lencioni stuff, I mean, at least it does serve the point generally. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, and again, um, there are a handful of literature yeah. books uh, on their own that I do love. Um, yeah. And I am harsh on them to be fun. Um, but also, <laughs> um, part of it's because it's in the way it's presented. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think like Todd, like what you were sharing with us is compelling because you have now connected the dots. Yeah. And when a pastor or a leadership team's in front of you and you can walk them through the concept of a book in relation to what they're going through as a church, um, it's fascinating. It's and then, waxing unless you do anything with it, whether it's a absolutely. theology book or and, and, uh, a or, or some practical book, unless right. you do something, unless mm-hmm. it changes something. Right. 
you've yeah only so, entertained yourself. Right. Yeah, maybe otherwise you've wasted your time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a handful of marketing books that we love. There's yeah. a million that we don't. Yeah, and part of it's because it's generally the ones that I've loved the most happen to be like here are the areas we're struggling in, and this is how we need help. Right. At mm-hmm. that time, so I also know like sometimes like that's ah, a good book, but it's just not right for where our team is right, right. now. Right. What we need is this someone to walk us right. through. Which that's that's also leadership. Yeah. You're trying yeah. to. So I don't hate, you know, I don't hate them in that sense, I think. Um, no. But um, formulaic leadership books do bother me, absolutely. Yeah. But then again, that's there are a lot of genres. You know, you can blame. Formulaic books in general, in general are, yeah. so a little, that's are a little tough. No. But they're not tough. written for you. True. Hmm. So not all of them are, yeah. They're not hmm. written for you. Give I mean, me an example of one. they're not written for me either. They're, no, they're written for um, – and okay, so I got to be really careful here because no. I would say, um, I would say I am self-aware enough to know that I will have a natural tendency to be more critical mm-hmm. in a society that's already cynical and negative, and I'm known for what I'm not, or mm-hmm. I'm you know just looking to be offended. Uh, being offended is not a spiritual gift, by the way. Yeah. Um, and some people exercise it with amazing gusto. Yeah. Uh, okay. So all that to say, um, most books are read, written for people who don't read books, mm. which sounds really weird, but yeah, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's a helpful point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so it's, well, it's written for somebody that's not going to really probably read the whole thing or if um, they do it's going to take them two months even though i do i do love the guy but it's all in context but like seth Godin, like yeah. you know he's you know he's taking his his small talks and his blog posts and and puts them together in books and mm-hmm. i still enjoy them i still love right. the stories and i still am challenged by them you know but it's not a yeah there, there's no like linear narrative no. to so, it, I, suppose. Bang. I will find somebody like that and i would rather uh read their blog like Yes. Berger before contagious. Sure. Like he totally, uh, he he totally used, <laughs> yeah. he totally built his book out of his blog. Obviously, yeah, sure. and that's yeah, a common yeah. tactic. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but in that manner, they're usually more uh, concise and easier to chew on uh, and, yeah. and and get something out of. It's mm-hmm. one thing. I'm gonna get you know this many words on this one thing. It's gonna be probably distilled a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That's good. That's this good. is good. That's helpful. I thought words. you were gonna be more contentious. No, I was expecting no, no, more. We're the, not, no, you know, here's I did the thing. a podcast with Barnabas listen, for like I'm, forever. I'm, 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 yeah, uh, I, know. I know. I know. No, it's and because so it's you guys because are like extra defensive today. No, it's you because got, you were you came in and you were you, ready. You, no, no, you were on your toes. We're gonna come make fun of leadership. Well, we haven't gotten there yet because we're about to. Yeah, we we just got we our talk with Daniel was great, and we certainly broke down ones, and you know we didn't. Yeah, we didn't talk about as many as we did now. This was a very different discussion, which is what we yeah. wanted. But also, um, no, I, I mean, part of it's like, sell me, you know, tell me, tell right. me the why of of uh, and the purpose of them outside of how we view them. Sure. I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, and you said it right there. Do we have a tendency to be cynical about certain types of books? Absolutely. Yes. Is some of that justified? Absolutely. Right. Uh, is all of it? No. And and that's that's what helped me distinguish what I need to look at and say, all right, so John Maxwell drives me crazy because he's built an industry off of this and that. Sure. Um, doesn't mean that all of his information is bad either because, you know. No, uh, because there's one or two of the 21 laws that right. changed somebody's Absolutely. life. And, yes. And ministry trajectory exactly. because they happened to read it at the time. Yeah. And the Lord can use whatever he wants to use yeah we're yes. perfect examples absolutely of that. Yeah. yeah absolutely so um, so no this is good yeah yeah i don't have anything yeah. else to say i no, I, I, I wanted you to set it's the fine. record straight and i feel like i feel better i don't know if our listeners will you, agree this was with good. Would say helpful also, for you let's talk about i mean you guys talk about books all the time i yeah. would also say it's important to uh it's important to read books that you don't like yes and not because they're um, not because they are bad books. Don't spend time. Life is too short for bad books. Yeah, you start reading a book, don't feel like you need to finish it. Yeah. 
but you, read you but read to. books that are not in your normal wheelhouse. Yes, and, and that will challenge right. you and force you to think through right. things. And it's just like a, I'm not going to uh, grow as a believer um, by leading a small group of other believers as much as I will spending one-on-one time with a person that doesn't know Jesus and reading the Bible with him, and he's going to ask me questions that yeah. will come out of nowhere. Meanwhile, the other people are going to wax eloquent on something they heard at some point in time or read, and I'm going to have way more potential for heresy in a small group of Christians than I will with with that guy. Yeah. There you go. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I mean, my <laughs> – Why are you laughing? Because it's yeah. fun. This is fun. Yeah, because you're spinning it. me up. <laughs> or because I, I I'm going completely down rabbit trails and randomness. No, no that's no, what this podcast it's, it's is really all no, about. So no, that's fine. I okay. great. No, but what I was just going to say is um, I think where my biggest beef with leadership books has come in has actually been with watching um, just a history of watching watching leaders read them not the way read them not the way that you're talking about. And so um, and so that's not that's we'll we'll say past just to avoid um you okay. know getting in trouble with my job that I like um <laughs> but um just a tendency to for leaders to really not think deeply about what you're talking about but how does this how do I actually use this to get better as a leader but moving just from book to book to book and shifting around and saying, well, I read this in this book, so now I'm going to run down this trail. And I read this in this book, so now we're going to go over here. And just zigzagging all over the place and being bad leaders as a result of reading too many leadership books and not knowing how to take, um, you know, using your your poetry and plumbing and saying, taking the poetry and look and figuring out how the, how the plumbing works, um, if there is any in there at all. Right. I would just say, you know, you do have a, a tendency. We all know a guy. We've yes. got a picture of a, a – we know the person in our head. The The person's picture actually flashed up in your brain of who Aaron was talking about when he talked about the person that reads yes. one book a year. And it changes their life and they want to implement everything in mm-hmm. the book. And unfortunately, if they're a leader, they're going to try to force everybody – they're going to weaponize that book and try to force everybody uh, yeah. down that pathway. Yeah. Um, and I would say, you know, first and foremost, um, you have to have some strategy in mind, some framework in mind that you're filtering everything through. Mm-hmm. Of course, the foundation of that should be scripture. Um, but beyond that is to say, okay, what is this place? Where are we going? Um, and, and then how do I take whatever this is and apply this in a way that is helpful mm-hmm. that moves us forward? Mm-hmm. And that's that's yeah. really it. It's, it's to say the best ideas actually come from disparate fields. Yes. It's ideas. It's things that people don't see how they go together. Yeah. It's not wholesale taking something and – implementing it here you can't get your vision of values off a copying machine or your strategy off a copying machine it needs to be contextualized in order for it to be sticky and effective mm. that's, that's a good, good point that's a good last word that is a good last like word that. so on that note you know we've got uh we've got a, we've got a little bit of fun here that uh, that we want to get into because great um you can learn because we can learn our leadership lessons from anywhere mm. and anything so we have a little game that we like to play every so often and it is a little called, game. It's a little game. It's called Leadership, Leadership Book or Captain Picard. Todd, Todd's face. It's impressive. It's amazing. Hey, now, hey guys, here's the deal. I do not watch any television. It doesn't matter. It's okay. It just doesn't matter. Now. Yeah. Yes. But in the past, brothers. I did. Oh. So um, if you want to go Star Trek Next Next Generation, Uh if you want to go Seinfeld, Mm. if you want to go, I don't know. There's several several older TV shows. Yeah. That, uh, so this that could I be, could throw down on. So this could be this could either but be it's a been lot a of fun. And you're getting me uh, 
coming off a major, Perfect. major red eye. Perfect. So, so I'm going to add that yes. caveat as a potential excuse. Excellent. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do, um, we're only going to use, we're only going to do three, three quick rounds of this because we are running out of time for okay. today. Um, and so I'm going to read um, three different quotes, one at a time. And for each one, you guys have to tell me if you think this was a leadership book coming from a leadership book or if it was coming from Captain Picard. So you ready? Ready. All right. First one. Our lives are measured by measured in moments and defining moments are the ones uh, that endure in our memories. Uh, I'm going with Picard. Okay. So I'm thinking about who Picard is. Uh Uh-huh. So that's his, most of his stuff is going to be philosophical Uh in nature. Um, So say the line again. Our lives are measured in moments, and defining moments are the ones that endure in our memories. I think that's almost too cheesy to be Picard. Mm. So I'm going to go leadership book. You're right. It's oh. a leadership book. Which one? Which one? It's um, The Power of Moments by Chip Heath. I thought it might be that one. That's a good book, by the way. It is a good book. It's a really good book for pastors. Yes. Because you are trying to take advantage of experiences and moments. Because in this world, uh, okay, first of all, experiences are important. Sorry, I Mm -hmm. promised to wrap this up quickly. It's okay. Um, But there are strategic opportunities anytime a moment happens. And we are so guilty of creating a moment and then um, not taking advantage of giving someone an easy, obvious next step. That is where, friends, mm-hmm. that is where sometimes we are too much of a poet and we haven't shifted into the stewardship framework that we're called to be as church leaders. Mm. Go. That's good. Okay. okay. All right. Number two. We cannot become what we need by remaining what we are. I'm going to go Picard on this one. Same thing, because I, I also believe you're alternating. <laughs> John Maxwell. Oh. Leadership book. You know what? Charlie was going back and looking at old Next Generation you know, <laughs> clips, and that's what he found. All right. Okay. Yeah. Keep Last going. One. Keep going. Last one. Every choice we make allows us to manipulate the future. This is a tense moment, guys. Manipulate the future? Mm-hmm. I'll go Picard. Sure. Mm. See, I, I think it's a business book. See, I'm still I can manipulate the future right now because mm. I let him answer first. Mm-hmm. I if I if I answer Picard as well, then we then I win, and he loses because mm. we tied on the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were both wrong on the last one. I know, but I was wrong on the first one. That's true. That's right. I'm gonna go Picard as well because I do actually think that's right, this, and it's not just because I want to win. Playing safe right here. Yeah. No. It's well, good. I mean, right. you know. Yeah, it's okay. the way you win Jeffrey. Right. That's right. And, and the winner is... It's a Picard quote. I was two for three. All right. There you go. Yeah. So congratulations. You good. have won, Todd. I know. You, there you, you go. took... You're the da- a leadership <laughs> and Picard winner. That's right. right there. You took Dave behind the woodshed and you smacked... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I was very... Okay. We're just going to leave that Barbara's to your imagination Piper, I'm right calling there. you out. Oh, he, right. already, he already lost to me. So That's right. I'm, I'm just saying. I've been, yeah, yeah. 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 I know. I beat Barbara. Oh, he was, he was really win. proud that he did not uh, know. know enough about leadership books or or Star Trek. Yeah. That's the that's the route he would yeah. take on that. That's he right. Would. He right. would look at it as a win. Yeah, I know. There you go. Yeah. All right. We got to right. do quick because so, I know we got to go. Yeah, we yeah. got we got to we got to wrap this up. So, right. um, real quick, Todd, you've talked a lot about a lot of different books. So instead of asking you what you're reading right now, we're just going to ask you who would you like to punch right in the face. Hmm. Uh, the next person that starts waxing about Enneagram at a lunch table or anywhere I'm present that has no idea what they're talking about, Mm. who has been to a two hour workshop and is suddenly saying, Oh no, you're not a three, you're a two. 
the Enneagram <laughs> people drive me absolutely bonkers. Have mm-hmm. you told Janae this on your, on yes. your podcast? Okay. I told her. All right. hey. I'm like, we had two episodes with her on this. <laughs> I saw, I did, I mentioned I watched TV as a young younger person, mm-hmm. and I saw that on Gargamel's floor. I'm not joking. The Enneagram is, is, is clearly on Gargamel's floor on the Smurfs. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's evil. We shouldn't participate in right. it. And evil must be stamped out. The way that I would, the way <laughs> Thank that you for I being would, a good Christian leader, there, <laughs> I would, uh, I would pose that question: Is who do you want to beat with a Nerf bat? Ooh, because that's what I think. Okay. I, I don't want to. There's I no don't that's, less, that's less violent. Yes, I appreciate no, that. Ta- who, I just want to add them, them, yeah, and it's a suck at punch, but it's more like yeah. Yeah, except, you know, I was watching the Office episode where Jim gets snowballed so many times by uh, Dwight. You remember that? Yep. I mean, he gets bloodied, bloodied in that. That was, pretty, that was pretty rough. That's true. Well, so I mean, it was bloody. a frozen snowball. It was a frozen so. snowball. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. It's All not right. real there. No. Todd, this was fun. You yes. said it's right. great. Okay. Yeah, I know. Thank you very much, Todd. And listeners, thanks for hanging in us last day. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, do give your five-star rating and review. We do not care how sincere it is, just that you give it. We'll talk to you later. Bye. This is an Area Code podcast.